you when you need to know what's happening, it's 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 time to get in the huddle with Carl Duke, Brian Baldinger, and Jason Lacanfora. I'm looking at this Lions team and I'm saying, all right, they might have some pieces here, but they're on the road. What do you think here? in tonight's Thursday night football game. Yeah, I think it's a it's a great to be on with you guys. It's a really tough game to try and predict because Green Bay is introducing like the two pieces back on offense, one of one of which we haven't seen yet the entire season and Christian Watson who and I don't know if like Baldy agrees with this but I watch the guy. I feel like his upside is to be like a top five, like top seven receiver in the league. If he's able to hit his ceiling, that's a big deal. Introducing Christian Watson back into the equation. And now here's Aaron Jones. Also, I'm not the biggest AJ Dillon fan. looks to me like he's running in molasses. So I think Jones coming back provides like a big spark to that run game in green Bay. But now like it's a bunch of pieces that we haven't seen all fit together. So it's hard for me to kind of say like, Hey, here's how I think like the, like the Packers, like a, like route participation is going to go or who's going to catch the most, most passes, et cetera. As far as handicapping the game, uh, I like Green Bay a little bit here. I do like Green Bay a little bit on a short week playing at home. Um, the Jared Goff like home road splits thing has kind of been done to death. I think everyone knows about it at this point. He plays better at home, better stats at home. And while a lot of us have been focusing this week on the Packers injury report, which looks like it's going to turn out to be pretty good if Watson and Aaron Jones are going to play. Obviously, you'd like to see Jair Alexander play. We'll find that out later today on Thursday. Like it's not a great injury report for Detroit either. Like we knew Vitae was going to be out. Then it's reported on Thursday morning. Taylor Decker is also going to be out. And that's the strength of this Lions base. Like the whole team, I would say, is yeah. the uh, is the offensive line. David Montgomery unlikely to play also, which I always kind of felt was going to be the case. Since last week, they said week to week. I didn't think he'd play on a short week, which means that now it's like Jameer Gibbs in between the tackles for another week. And do we like that against a Packers defense? That's been pretty good to start the year here. So um, for me, it's a lean towards the Packers. I'll probably, because I like to bet, put a couple bucks on Green Bay. I don't think it's one of the best betting opportunities of the week, though, guys. Baldy, let me ask you, what did you learn last week from Jordan Love? Because it looked like they were out of that game. And, you know, the week before they had had lost and, and you f- figured like, all right, is he going to be able to show some magic here? And I thought they they responded. Oh, Carl, they responded. I mean, they're down 17 nothing with 12 and a half minutes to go in the fourth quarter. And it's not like they didn't move the ball. They just couldn't finish drive. And you look up and there's Dontavious Wicks and Jaden <laughs> Reed and Luke Musgrave. And it's just like it's freshmen. It's just a freshman class out there. And it's Jordan Love trying to. You know, he's got a, a left tackle making his first start, Rasheed Walker. Like, you know, they're young. But Jordan Love is just – like, he's he's really good. Like, his touch on uh, these fade routes in the end zone, he's been doing it every week, or is magical. His Just his ability – like, you know, scouting, Carl, is the study of movement, right? When right. you study Jordan Love's movement, he's just elite movement and then elite movement in the pocket. We're like the guy in Atlanta – Desmond Ritter doesn't have any of that. Not yet. Maybe he gets it. He doesn't have it. Okay. Uh, but Jordan knows how to, he knows the feel. He doesn't sack himself. He never panics. And, you know, he, he just made one big play after another. This Jaden Reed out of Michigan State's a hell of a football player. Like I like, and then Rasheen, uh, Rashawn Gary has come back and he's in a reserve role right now in Green Bay where he's their pass rush specialist. Last week he had three sacks, quarterback hits. Like, They've got a lot of interchangeable parts on Green Bay's defense. And I really like the way that they're playing. I, I thought that was a big deal to come back. They knocked Derek Carr out. They almost knocked Jameis Winston out, to be honest with you. It was close. But I just like the way they're playing. And I like I like Jordan Love's touch in the pocket and what he does for that team. 
I do too. Uh, and we talked about this, Baldy, briefly. He's Aaron Rodgers-ish with those throws and the angles and the way he releases it. He's not Aaron Rodgers. But yes, but those angles and the way he releases the ball. Nick, let's continue, man, because everybody's looking at the Cowboys and the letdown last week. And now you've got the Patriots and Cowboys. Cowboys, six and a half point favorite. Where are you at on this game? Yeah, so this is this is going to be like, there are a lot of conversations we'll have that will be fun, like on-field handicaps. I like a side because I think they'll be able to take advantage of the slot cornerback, whatever like the, on, the on-field the on matchup might be. Um, this was a numbers play for me, though, and I can kind of explain why I like the Patriots at the number. I know it kind of flies in the face of, well, the Cowboys should smash them, Cowboys coming off the loss. Uh, I bet New England plus seven. I feel like that's a valuable number. I feel like if it ever comes back, so person listening to this right now if you agree with me and you like new england and you can find a seven this game will not close seven seven is one of the key numbers in the nfl along with three ergo i believe that makes it a valuable bet patriots plus seven so coming into the year kind of like the profile of the belichick mac jones uh, regime had been they lean on teams that they are better than and more talented than and they can blow those teams out or teams of, of of a similar talent level but when they have to step up in class they, they get their doors blown off. And we had seen that the last couple of years with Belichick and Mac Jones. So coming into the year this year, it's worth noting that they start with two home games, right? And they lose both those games and they don't cover the spread in either game. But they keep it close and really respectable against the Eagles in week one. A couple chances to win that game at the end. And then like the Cole Strange, like weird, like lateral fumble, like just short of the fourth down play at the end of Sunday Night Football week two against the Dolphins. So like they lose both those games. But I thought the Patriots kind of like acquitted themselves pretty well. Um, in each of the each of the first two games. Now, week three, like I, th- th- they're punting, they're being ultra conservative, and Zach Wilson on the other side. Like I don't want to put a ton of stock in that game. They did what they needed to do. They got out of the Jersey Meadowlands with the victory. So I do think the Cowboys are elite competition. And if what we saw in weeks one and two is true, that the Patriots can kind of hang a little bit. I'm not saying they're going to win the game, but go toe to toe with an elite team. Uh, Dallas is an elite team. I'll take the Patriots here and I'll take them. I want seven Patriots plus the seven. And until the Cowboys prove that they can consistently punch the ball into the end zone when they're down by there and don't have to settle for field goals until that happens, I'm going to have a hard time backing Dallas in spots like this. So I'll take the Patriots for the reasons that I laid out. Baldy. um, We talked about, you know, this, this Cowboys defense, um, and I'm curious, you know, after those first two weeks, right, it was unbelievable. They shut out both New York teams, basically. And then, you know, J- Joshua Dobbs <laughs> beats this defense. And now we we know. I, I feel like, you know, there were some injuries and all the things that we can make excuses for. But I'm just curious about your breakdown and what you saw in that game. Is there concern for Cowboy fans? Oh, definitely. Definitely. Because you you have to understand how important Trayvon Diggs is to that defense. Like and and what it allows them to do, they can man up on the outside with those guys, and it really freed up Leighton Vanderesh to be just a rat in the middle of the field, and then Micah could just do whatever Micah wants to do, like without responsibility about rush lanes and all that kind of stuff. And he was just like their their, their cat that they just let go. They without him out there, they put Deron Bland out there. He got used pretty good in the game, but I think the the concern is. Dallas reminds me of that team that play that plays basketball in a small gym. And once they start running and fast breaking and dunking, you can't stop them. But if you don't let them do that, the way Arizona ran for 222 yards, yeah. and you don't let them just go, like, get after the quarterback, they don't look all that daunting anymore. And that's what Arizona did. I mean, they ran the ball right at them for 222 yards. 
and they they look like they they need some help in the inside of that defense right now. Um, and then you know to Nick's point, Nick's spot on. I mean, they drove the ball all four drives the second half right down inside the ten. They came away with two field goals. They had the Kazir White interception. They lost one on downs. They haven't been good even in the first two weeks. They haven't been good in the red zone. And I think they have real problems here because I don't think they have an elite tight end they can just put the ball up to the way that they've had in the past. Even Dalton Schultz was better than Ferguson. And so that is a real work in progress, finishing drives right now. Guys, I want to ask you this before I ask you about the number and what you think of this game. Are we seeing a historic offense in the Miami Dolphins? And then let's talk about the Dolphins-Bills game, which is a a two-and-a-half-point favorite on the road, uh, or should I say for the the Bills. Uh, Are we seeing a historic offense here? Go ahead, Nick. Well, I mean, look, it's historic last week because Denver couldn't get off the field, and they just gave up one big play, and they gave up 350 yards rushing. Look, Mike McDaniel is – I'm not going to call him a genius. There's a lot of smart football coaches. But he's going to – all he's trying to do is get your defense to hesitate with his motions, his shifts, his uh, personnel groupings. He's just trying to get you to hesitate. And he has his, his strength, really, of everything he does is he knows how to find running backs. He found Raheem Mostert. He drafted a Devon, Devon Chain. You just go through the list of these guys. Albert Morris in Washington, that was yep. his guy. Like he, So what his thing is, Carl, is these running backs got to be special. They got to be tough. You got to be able to hang on, but they got to be able to explode. And when the defense freezes, hesitates, Devonta Chain went by and ran for 200 yards. Like that's his specialty. That's why Kyle would never let him leave. And so Buffalo will have their hands full when it comes to all of the stuff, pre-snap, all the window dressing and trying to play fast. I, uh, I, I turned 40 a couple weeks ago, Carl, or a couple months ago, and uh, I think the biggest regret I have in my life at age 40 now was drafting and then cutting Devon HN from my fantasy team. <laughs> I mean, I literally drafted him everywhere. I'm like, I love it. Like, like it's like runs like 4-3 in the McDaniel <laughs> offense. Then he's a healthy scratch in week one. Here's Salvan Ahmed. I end up dropping him from my roster. And then he goes for 200 yards and nine touchdowns on Sunday. This is absolutely brutal. Um, I just think it goes worth noting, and I'm not like a hashtag film bro, which is what I say on the show, and nothing wrong with that. I'm just not one of them. Just like watch the games like anybody else does. It just goes worth noting, right? Like Sean McDermott saying this week, like this is a revolutionary scheme that Mike McDaniel's running. So again, like I'm not grinding the film, but just watching the games like looks looks pretty good. And he's got the chess pieces you need to kind of to force some mismatches, right? So this is the game of the day in the NFL on Sunday. Like I can't wait to sit down and watch it. Kind of evokes memories of when I was a kid, the great matchups with the Dolphins and the Bills, right? With Don Shula and Marino and Marv Levy and Jim Kelly. So I think this is going to be awesome. And from a betting perspective, guys, I think this is something that's pretty interesting, whether you're a better, whether you're into this stuff or not. Um, Miami looks like the best team in football right now. Dropped 70 points last week on the Broncos. The people that I talk to, whether it's your guests on the show, whether they're professional bettors or, you know, people that do content and bet, everyone likes Buffalo in this game. And this is not a setup for me to say, like, and they're all wrong. Like, they, they could all be right. It's Buffalo under a field goal, right? And I think if it goes to three, people don't like Buffalo anymore. I make my projected point spreads for every single game. And I feel like my numbers are usually like, doesn't mean I'm going to win, but I feel like the market will generally move towards my number. It's not in this game. I make Buffalo a one-point favorite. 
And what that means is I think the Dolphins are slightly better than the Bills on a neutral field. This point spread says that the betting market feels Buffalo is slightly better than Miami on a neutral field. So I have to bet my opinion in this game. And my opinion is that I I like the Dolphins. I need to get three, though, to make the bet. We're currently on the cusp of, of, of three right now. My thought, though, is that once Jalen Waddell officially clears concussion protocol, practiced mm. in full on Wednesday. But like yeah. Mike McDaniel saying after practice that like Waddle's going to clear it at some point, right? Didn't play last week against the Broncos. Once that happens, I think we settle here at two and a half. So kind of like my, my goal now at some point in the next like four hours is to be able to find a good three to bet with Miami. So again, pretty much everybody on Buffalo under three, I'm going the other way. I'll bet three. I'll take three with the Miami Dolphins on Sunday on the road in Buffalo. I can't wait. It's going to be a great game. I totally agree. It's in the huddle, guys. Nick Costos joins us. You better you bet on a weekly uh, basis as we talk, obviously, gambling and games and and what we think about these uh, games coming up as week four gets underway tonight on Thursday night. All right. Two 0-3 teams. Is there some value here, Nick? Broncos after the embarrassment and then the Bears and how bad they've looked. Somebody's got to win on Sunday. What happens? Yeah, everyone, uh, everyone's got like a get-rich-quick scheme these days, right? I, I feel like everyone's missed the boat here. I've tried to tell everyone for three weeks now, you want to get rich quick, and I'm being facetious, obviously. You bet against the Chicago Bears, and I've done it the first three weeks of the season. Had the Packers in week one. That was really good. Uh, uh, Who did they get blown? They, uh, Tampa Bay in week two. I came on the show and took Tampa Bay. And then last week, obviously, oh, Kansas City 12 and a half. Was that a tough bet? Up 34 nothing at halftime. That felt pretty good. So, yeah, and this just shows you, Like the Bears are, in my opinion, this is the worst team in football. And I think they're going to get the number one pick in the draft again. I think that they are kind of planting the seeds to make Fields the scapegoat here. The Glazer report on Sunday morning. Maybe we see Tyson Pagent play quarterback at some point this year. Can't be Peterman. We know what that is. Maybe it'll be maybe it'll be Pagent and maybe Eberflus and company are out and uh and, and Fields is out and then Poles gets to keep his job, hire a new coach, draft a new quarterback. Honestly, that might be best case scenario for Bears fans. So it's like the Broncos gave up 70 points on Sunday. And they got bet on Sunday night. That's how bad the Bears are. So this was two and a half. Denver favored by two and a half on the road at Chicago. I bet Denver two and a half on Sunday. Guys, if if Sean Payton is 49% of the coach that everyone thinks he is, and I'm not saying he is or isn't, if he's 49%, not even 50%, if he's 49% of the coach that we thought we think he is and what he was in New Orleans, the Broncos come out with their hair on fire and they smash the Bears in this game. And the game goes over the total because both defenses are absolutely dreadful. Uh, I'll, I would never bet Chicago. It's Denver or nothing. So if you if you just break it down like this, real simple. I mean, as simple as you can get. If you go Denver's offense, Chicago's offense, Denver's defense, Chicago's defense. You got three horrible sides of the football. But Denver's offense, they were in that game for a quarter and a half. It was a track meet. They couldn't keep up. You, right. you turn the ball over, Miami scores. It goes from 21-10 to 28-10. The game was like it was it was they ran away from it. But Denver can still move the football. There's still like there's issues in the red zone. There's some things that I know Sean Payton, like he's maniacal about red zone offense. They're not finishing there. They had a touchdown score last week. Brandon Johnson had an offensive pass interference. Like some things are just killing them. But they're gonna like Chicago is the worst defense I've seen for this reason. Not because they have the worst personnel, which they might. They don't take anything away. Like, if you're going to start your game plan against Kansas City and say, I don't care what happens, Travis Kelsey's not going to beat me. He's not going to beat me. I'm not going to let Taylor Swift 
like do or dance up there. It's not going to happen. <laughs> they treated Travis Kelsey like he's a third team tight end. Yeah. Like he just ran from one open spot to another open spot. And when I saw that, I go, what are they doing? Like, what is this zone designed to do? Because you just can't let Mahomes find Sky Moore or Travis Kelsey or any or or Mar- Marquez Valdez Scantling on the other side of the field for a 50 yard touchdown that got called back as the right tackle. But like they could have scored 70. They shut it down after the first after they went up 41 nothing. They shut it down. They could have scored 70 on Chicago as well. It's going to be interesting. And, and I agree with you about Sean Payton, you know, uh, and that's why I like the Broncos as well. All right. Uh, Chiefs, Jets. Everybody's on Zach Wilson. You know, Aaron Rodgers came out this week. And he, he's laid up at the crib and he's like, look, we got, we got to stop pointing fingers. What happens here? Because the Chiefs are nine and a half point favorites against the Jets. I just don't trust the Jets offense, man. I, I don't I don't I don't trust them. What do you think, Nick? Uh, well, well, like to be fair to Aaron Rodgers, like he's he's right. <laughs> about everything, about everything that he, not about everything that he says, I don't think, but certainly I thought he made a lot of sense with what he said a couple days ago on the Pat McAfee show for sure. Yeah, I mean, this is it's actually a really interesting betting game. So, point spread wise, I make the game 10. I already I bet Kansas City on Sunday night, just like it, it's a really easy button to click. And I'll talk about the one thing that kind of makes me a little nervous about this game. Baldy, you came on You Better You Bet yesterday, and my co-host Ken Barkley and I have talked about this over the course of the first three weeks of the season. Um, I think this is the best defense Mahomes has had in his time in Kansas City. Oh, yeah. and I, think, I think you said, Baldy, that you think this might be the best defense in the league right now with Kansas City. Okay, mm-hmm. so let's make this really easy for everybody. Mahomes on one side, maybe best defense on the other. Zach Wilson's the quarterback of the other team. Great. I'll bet Kansas City. So here's the thing that kind of makes me a little nervous. So the Jets signed Trevor Simeon. I can't even believe like this is the conversation we're having, but I actually think it's a conversation worth having. So I'm not into like narratives, but I think this is worth worth saying. That stadium, and I'm from New York, That and you don't need to be from New York to know this, that stadium is going to be bloodthirsty. That crowd's going to be bloodthirsty on Sunday night. First drive of the game, Zach Wilson throws the ball 15 yards like Uncle Rico over Garrett Wilson said. The boos are going to start raining down. That crowd is going to have no patience for any of this with Zach Wilson. It's not going to happen. So my fear is what happens if either before the game, Robert Sala says, you know what, like, I've been supporting Zach, but I think we need to make a change for this game. And it's either Simeon or it's Tim Boyle. It it doesn't matter who it is. Not Zach Wilson is the quarterback. I actually think you get like an inspired effort from the entire team, similar to what we saw the Monday night game against Buffalo when Rodgers goes out. Everyone elevates their level of play. Garrett Wilson makes a Cirque de Soleil touchdown in the end zone, a terrible throw by Zach Wilson. And maybe you get that. Also, maybe you get, Wilson's brutal through a quarter and a half or at halftime and Sala pulls him and puts Simeon or Boyle in and you kind of get that momentary like lift from that move. And I think that's the only way the Jets can keep this game close or cover the spread. But if we're going to believe Sala, which is that Wilson's the quarterback on Sunday, this is an easy bet for me to make. It could lo- The Jets could win 20, 24-0 and I will still feel good about the bet that I have made. Kansas City favored by anything less than 10 on Sunday night. Baldy? I told Nick yesterday that when I watch Kansas City play, they I mean, I know Cleveland's number one across the board in every single statistic, and and rightfully so. They've been, you know, there's quarterbacks that can't get 100 yards passing against them. But when I watch Kansas City play, there's a reason why they're the world champions. They shut the Eagles out basically in the second half of the Super Bowl. I think that the combination of Trent McDuffie and LeJarius Need is the best combo of corners in this league. 
Like these two guys, like literally, they punked those Chicago Bears wide receivers. I don't care if it was DJ Moore, Chase Claypool. Like it didn't matter. Like they just punked him at the line of scrimmage. And they're gonna do they're gonna try to do the same to Garrett Wilson. I think Garrett's tougher than all those guys. But if the ball doesn't go to Garrett Wilson, it doesn't go to anybody for that. I mean, if they do complete a pass, it's the only guy that they really throw to that is a threat. You could talk about Lazard or Cobb or all these guys. And the offense line is going to try to – they rejuggled everything last week. You know, Joe Tipman makes his first start. Like, it's great. Like, they're trying to get their five best. You just need – you just don't come together and just all of a sudden fix all your mistakes against the best defense in football with Chris Jones. And he lines up wherever the pigeon is. Whoever he thinks the pigeon is, that's where he lines up to go eat. He's done it two weeks in a row. And he he's playing – for the richest contract in football on a defensive side. That's what he's playing for. He said, okay, Nick Bosa, I want your money. And he probably will get it the way he's playing right now. It's a great point. All right, Nick, before we get out of here, follow Nick, guys. Nick Costos, you better you bet. I want to ask you about the Bengals. They got right last week. Uh, Burrow, I still don't think he's 100%, but I don't know if it matters, okay? I don't know if it matters. And this week they travel 1 o'clock window to the Titans. And this spread, you said you loved it. What's going on with the Bengals? Yeah, so um, Monday night, I had the Rams at various numbers because, like, I I wanted to see it from Joe Burrow, right? And, like, thankfully, the Rams scored a touchdown at the end of the game to kind of push the closing line, won some earlier bets on the Rams. But if that's going to be what Burrow is, and that's going to be what Burrow is in this game, uh, the Bengals are going to win this game by 17 points. Uh, I just... He doesn't, he could be hobbling around like the bad guy from Men in Black or like Hodor from Game of Thrones, and it's not going to make a difference. Like, just give him like two seconds to throw, and he will throw it to Chase and Higgins and Boyd, and maybe Irv Smith is back and Mixon. And the Titans' defensive front is ferocious. Like, they are awesome. Baldy can speak better to that than I can, right? How good that front is for Tennessee. Also, the secondary is hot garbage. It's a pass funnel. Everyone can pass on them. They made Deshaun Watson look like he was you know, five years ago in Houston last week. So what's Joe Burrow going to do this week? And like Chase finally like snapped out of it last Monday night, had a great game. T Higgins, I think on eight targets, went two for 21, had a couple balls like bounce off his chest. He's too good for that to happen again. I think it's a big time bounce back spot for T Higgins. And what we have here, guys, from a betting perspective, right? It's like a like Black Friday, right? Where you can go get like an 82-inch television for like uh, $500. This is like the Black Friday discount on the Cincinnati Bengals because of Joe Burrow's ankle. Like really? The Bengals are favored by less than a field goal at Tennessee? No way. So look, maybe Burrow gets hurt. He re-aggravates the calf first series of the game and we lose. And like we just lose. But if Burrow's going to finish the game, I think Cincinnati wins comfortably. Uh, I made this bet on the Bengals and felt great about it. I also think Joe Burrow is worth a look in MVP markets. Bengals are worth a bet to make the playoffs right now where they're basically even money. Mm. Like they win this game. They're favored to win. They're two and two. And like and a soft schedule coming up and then an early bye week for Burrow to get right. So I, I think this is not just a great betting opportunity this week for the Cincinnati Bengals, but I think like if things go well for Burrow and he doesn't have to leave the game, I think it's arrow pointing way up on this team getting back to where we thought they were going to be to start the season. The last time Cincinnati went to Tennessee, they won, but Joe Burrow was sacked nine times and hit 14 times in a playoff win that came down to the final field goal. Yeah, I bet I bet Tennessee minus two and a half at close so, four. That was That was fun. It's fascinating crazy. to watch. Like you, you, you literally game plan to win the game. 
So Joe Burrow is on one leg, literally on one leg. It, it, it's scary because we need great quarterbacks in this league. Otherwise, yep. this game's thing. Yep. Right. So um, he 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 dropped back 51 times. Everyone was in shotgun. The only play action pass he had was at the end when he hit Chase for a 43 yarder that opened the game up. Like he has to get rid of the ball in two seconds and it has to come out that fast. Mm. And literally anything else right now. I mean, if they start hitting them like Aaron Donald hit him a couple of times, that right leg gets picked up and all he's doing, trying to do is protect himself. Like it worries me. They need him to somehow do what he did last week. It doesn't matter how they win. It could be by two and a half points. They need him to find a way to get through this game and win. And I think they're going to have their hands full in Tennessee. Oh, like, God, that's not what I wanted to hear. Eat a lot. That's not what I wanted to hear from Baldy. Yeah, defense is good. Still I, it, Nick. I'm not saying they can't win it. You know, McPherson can still kick a field goal with no time on the clock. And <laughs> Please, and okay. I'll sign yeah, up for that in blood. <laughs> you're going to suffer all game long. Let me tell you something. What's new, man? What's the, new? The offensive line, Baldy, you're right. Concern there to protect. I, we'll see. It's going to be interesting. Nick, tell the people about you, where they can find you, man. Yep, you better. You bet weekdays, 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern time. You can search us uh, podcast form. You bet wherever you find your podcast. Also, we're now being carried by our friends at Stadium every day from 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Uh, and that is, uh, I have my thing here. Uh, watchstadium.com, YouTube TV, Roku, Amazon, Fubo TV, Samsung TV, plus Tubi, and more. Uh, so you better, you bet again weekdays, 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern time. My man, Nick Costos, take care. Enjoy the games this weekend, my man. We'll talk to you next week. Wishing everybody minimal sweats when he bets. The absolute very best of luck. (laughs) There he is, Nick Costos, guys.